Pastor David, I want to say something to you. I so appreciate the shepherd's heart that is evident in you. And uh, I've seen much in you and much in Pastor Daniel and Brendan Winona and other leaders that are here and leaders in the church. And, but I just want to say this time while we've been sharing, interacting, uh, even before the meeting started and then tonight as you exhorted, you are a faithful under-shepherd of the great shepherd. And the shepherd's heart is very evident. It has become extremely, hasn't it, Brother Nelson? Hasn't it, Brother Daniel? The shepherd's heart has become extremely obvious in you. And that's a good thing. And shepherds lead and feed. They lead and feed. And you, son, are a, an anointed leader and an anointed feeder. Don't let any voice, demonic, your own voice, or human voice, ever make you doubt that God has positioned you as a leading, feeding shepherd of the sheep. And he is saying, I am well pleased. I am well pleased. Praise God. And I could say a lot of other things for people in here in the spirit. And uh, uh, there's a real prophetic stream in me tonight. And, uh, and if the Lord releases me to do that, I'll do that. And if he doesn't, I won't. I really try to flow with the spirit of God. And uh, you're always best to do that. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. So good to see you all. I sure love you. And thank God for Abbotsford, all the churches that are here. Surrey, I'm going to the, the cowboy church. I'm going to wear my boots tomorrow night. <laughs> I'm coming in my jeans and my boots, my cowboy boots. And uh, then I'm going to be Monday up in Kelowna with uh, ministers from two different fellowships. Is that right? And, uh, but the Lord... Um, I've been talking about last night in three sessions this morning about moving to next. And if you weren't able to be here today and last night, you can get it from the church. I may deal with that a little bit more tomorrow. And really, I'm still dealing with it tonight, but I'm not going to use PowerPoints because when I was in my room in the afternoon, the Lord really dealt with me about some things. And I began to write down, or I use mind maps, and in my computer, and he began to lead me to teach concerning this tonight. And I love to flow in the kingdom of God. And Pastor David heard the voice of the Holy Spirit saying that Apostle Nelson needed to say something and what he said. And it, it, it blends together perfectly with what the Lord has redirected me to bring. So how many are ready to just flow with what he says and to receive what he says? And this is a big part of moving to next, but it's fresh in me. I've known these principles, but this is a fresh presentation. I've never brought it just like it is and uh, that I'm going to bring tonight. So uh, the meal's hot. No leftovers. The meal's hot. And um, the meal stays hot a long time as far as that goes. But this is fresh off the stove, so... 
Are you ready to receive? Say amen. Father, I humble myself before you. I thank you for these, your precious people. I thank you for all the churches represented here. And I speak strength into bodies that may be tired, focus into our minds. We pray that our spirits would be tuned to your Holy Spirit and that we would hear what you would say. That which encourages, that which inspires, that which motivates, that which corrects us. I said that which corrects us, that which challenges us. Anything you need to do in us, including me, Lord, I pray that you would do tonight to move us into what you have for us next in the name of Jesus. And God's people said amen. amen. Proverbs 23, 7. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinketh, so is he. I'm just going to read that first half of that verse. For as he thinks, so he is. Let's make it personal. As I think, so I am. Would you say that out loud with me? As I think, so I am. Would you say it one more time, please? As I think, so I am. I want to talk to you tonight about your thought style becomes your lifestyle. Your thought style becomes your lifestyle. Style. You'll find this all the way through the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's not mind over matter. It's not new age. It's not transcendental meditation. It's not the power of the human mind. It is what Jesus taught us. As you think, so you will be. Henry Ford, who created the automobile and the assembly line, made a statement to businessmen one time, and he said this, if you think you can, you're right. If you think you can't, you're right. As you think, so you are. If you think you're a worm, you are. If you think you're a son of God and you've been born again, you are. If you think you're defeated, you're right. If you think you're victorious, you're right. As a man thinks, so he is. And we've been talking about moving into what's next, the next level, the next idea, the next revelation, the next opportunity, the next anointing, the next blessing. How many of you like to just not be bored with what has been but move into what God has next? So I want to talk to you for just a few minutes tonight concerning allowing the Holy Spirit to change the way we think. And I'm going to give you several things and some scripture. How many are ready to worship the Lord with your mind tonight? Let me give you this, number one. What you see in your mind can happen in time. What you see in your mind can happen in time. I don't know if you've been to the great Epcot Center in Disney World in Florida, 
but it's a magnificent place. And Walt Disney, who, of course, was the founder of the Disney Corporation and the founder of Disneyland and Disney World and all of the rest, before he died, began to see and dream in his mind, seeing it, perceiving it, conceiving it, visualizing it in his mind, the Epcot Center. And he began to make plans for it, and after he died, other people planned and worked on it as well. But Walt Disney had the original idea, although it never came to pass, in his life. And when the Epcot Center was being dedicated, one of the dignitaries got up and he made this statement. He said, I wish Walt Disney could be here today to see this. And two speakers later was Walt Disney's grandson. And he got up and said this, with all due respect, sir, if my grandpa hadn't seen this, none of us would be here anyway. I love that. The first guy said, oh, I wish Walt Disney could be here to see it. But the guy who knew his grandpa said, you don't understand, he already saw it. What you see in your mind, what you know in your mind can happen in time. That's why the enemy works overtime on bombarding your mind. He doesn't really bombard your spirit. The Spirit of God is busy bearing witness with your spirit. I really don't think the devil has access to my spirit. I don't. We're made up of three parts, body, mind, spirit. My spirit's totally redeemed. My body will be eventually glorified. Until then, I am to buffet it, not buffet it. And my problem is, I've been hanging around a feeder, <laughs> not just spiritually. Lord have mercy. Pastor Daniel, you know, and you're with Pastor David, you never have to worry about eating. Oh, yeah. As we're eating breakfast. He's lunch. Yeah. And as we're eating lunch, he's praying, where are we going to eat tonight? It's coming out my nose, man. Let's take a break. He's just a feeder. He can't help but feed. We went to Millstone the other day, and he ordered sliders, you know, the little, the, the little sandwiches, sliders. And they slid two of them in front of him, and they were about this big around. And he said, I'll have a double, and they slid two more out. <laughs> but we're to take care of our body because it's temple of the Holy Ghost. But someday our body will be glorified. So my spirit is already redeemed. My body will be redeemed. But my mind has to be continually renewed. Because the battleground is in your mind. It's not in your spirit. It's not even in your body. The battleground between good and evil, right and wrong, Good decisions, wrong decisions, right associations, wrong associations. That battleground is always here. It's always in the mind. So instead of talking about it in a negative way tonight, I want to tell you that the mind under the anointing of the Holy Spirit has incredible ability to see something 
by faith and make it happen. What you see in your mind. You see this building? Beautiful building. Somebody saw it in their mind before it happened in time. But Brother Mike, that's visualization and that's new age. Let me, let me help you with something. New age got all their new age from all our old stuff. They imitated it. They perverted it. The Bible talks about visualization all of the time. Abraham is out in the middle of the desert one night. He's laying there looking at the stars, and God says to Abraham, Abraham, what do you see? He said, I see stars. I'm sleeping under the stars night after night. All I see is stars. And God says, oh, no, you need to change the way you think. You're not looking at stars. You're seeing your heavenly seed that will be more than the stars in the heavens. He says, look down, Abe, what are you seeing? He said, all I see is sand, 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 and more sand. He said, oh, no, you need to change the way you think. You're not seeing sand. You're seeing your earthly seed that will be more than the sand of the seashore. What you think determines what you'll do. What you think determines what will happen. So if you can see it in your mind, it will happen in time. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 and 8, 17 and 18, Paul is talking about his life. Shipwrecked, beaten with rods, stoned, stayed in every jail cell in Asia Minor, etc., etc., etc. All the persecution he's gone under, watch what he says. For our light affliction, <laughs> my light affliction which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Now, I don't know about you, but I like this man. This guy is a tough guy. Josephus painted a picture of him and said he was about 4 foot 11, had a big nose that had been broken several times, had scars all over his body. 4 foot 11, the Apostle Paul. The best record we have of his physical stature. In fact, he himself in one of his letters said, he said, I'm not much to look at. He said, my presence is weak. That's what he said. He said, I've gone through all of this negativity in my life, and it's been a light affliction, and it's worked for me, and it's worked for the glory of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to know what his secret is. His secret is in verse 18. While I don't look at the things which are seen out here, but at the things which are not seen in here. Come on, get a hold of that. I don't look at the things out here. I'm seeing something in here. I'm looking at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are just temporary. Chemotherapy is just temporary. Radiation, just temporary. Out of work, is just temporary. Somebody falsely accused you, it's just temporary. You've had a setback, it's just temporary. You're aging. You say, Brother Mike, that's permanent. No, it's just temporary. Death will end it. <laughs> Don't worry, you're going to stop getting old someday. 
Next time you start griping about getting old, consider the option. So, Brother Mike, I don't care. I'm going to go to heaven. Have you noticed something about that? Everybody talks about how glorious heaven will be and how they want to be there, but nobody's trying to get in tonight. He said, stop looking at everything that's seen and start letting your mind begin to conceive some things by faith and what God is doing. Let your mind be used of God. Second thing I want to tell you is this. What you receive in your mind, you will conceive in your mind and eventually you'll give birth to it in your life. Now, I want to say that again. What you can receive in your mind. How do you receive things in your mind? Through senses. What you see, what you hear, what you smell, what you taste, what you feel. You, you receive things in your spirit differently. How many are really ready for some eagle teaching tonight? But your mind receives stuff by words you hear, things you see, what you feel. And that's why it's so important that you guard the gates to your mind. If you don't guard the gates to your mind, that's why pornography is so devilish, demonic, diabolical, and hard to get free of. Why? Because once it is allowed in the portals of your eyes, it gets in your mind, and the mind files it, dwells on it, thinks about, did I say you couldn't get free? Of course you get free. Whom the Son of God makes free is free indeed. But the enemy knows if I can put it through the eye gate. That's why David said, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Why? I'm not guarding my eyes. I'm guarding my mind. That's why I tell young men, young women, when you get married, close the menu, you're on a diet. You don't keep looking at the menu. You know, no, you're on a diet. Close the menu. You don't look. You don't look to lust. Now, any man that would tell you they don't notice a beautiful woman has another problem. It's called lying. <laughs> God made women beautiful so men would notice. Some are hoping the right one notices soon. Nothing wrong with noticing the beauty of a woman. Jesus said, you don't look to lust with the intent to lust. So you have to guard your eye gate. You have to guard your ear gate to your mind. That's why I tell teenagers, don't listen to music that's talking about raping your sister, killing your mother, and all of that violence. Why? Well, I just like the way it sounds. I, I just like, no, it's going in your mind. It's creating pictures in your mind. Words, let me show you something. Are we all right if I teach this way? 
Words, once they enter your mind, creates pictures. Nobody in here thinks in words. Nobody thinks in words in here. You think in pictures. You hear words, but you think in pictures. Apostle Nelson on a trip to the Congo wearing a pair of orange shorts and a purple tie-dyed T-shirt. While walking through the jungle, suddenly out of an orange-covered swamp came a two-headed alligator. Apostle Nelson shinned up a, a coconut tree and began to pelt both heads of the alligator with coconuts. None of you saw words. None of you saw words, A-P-O-S-T-L-E, space, N-E-L-S-O-N. Our minds are not computer screens. Our minds are television screens. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but you remember the picture. He was walking through the jungle, and he was wearing shorts. What color? And he was wearing a... Purple tie-dye had a flashback to the 60s. Had a purple tie-dye, and out of a swamp that was covered with, yeah, came a, and he, what kind of tree? What did he do? Both heads. Y'all get an A. You know why? Words entered your mind. Words created pictures. And you were able to remember, recall, and spit it back out. That's why when you hang around people that tell you you can't, you're no good, you're never going to make it, they're critical of others, you are propagandizing your mind. I don't hang tight with people that are critical of everybody else. Why? That'll get in my mind. That'll get in my mind. I don't care if it's even true. Doesn't make any difference. I had a man look at me and say, "Well, what I'm telling you about this ministry, about a ministry not here, but about a ministry is true." I said, "I don't care. You want God to tell me everything He knows about you that's true. My job isn't to critique some other ministry. My job is to pray for them. I know some things about." ministers and ministries and people in churches, but I'm not going around talking about it all. Why? Because I don't want to infect people's minds. I don't want people to infect my mind. Well, I'm just telling you this so you can pray. No, they're not. They're a long-tongue gossip. If they prayed about it, they wouldn't be telling you. That's good preaching. Guard your ear gates. Guard your ear gates. Guard your eye gates. Don't let things in your mind. Well, bless God, I can cast it down. Just keep it out. If you keep it out, you won't have to cast it down. Just set up a no trespassing. No, I'm not going there. No, I'm not going there. Well, Brother Mike, just in some movies, there's a few things, you know, but it doesn't last long. Ah, no, get the edited version. Well, you know, I'm an adult, I can handle it. Uh-uh, no, 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 uh-uh. Guard your mind. Guard who talks to you. 
Guard what you see. Come on, somebody. You believe what I'm telling you? Guard yourself. Be careful. Don't get sucked in because it works in the negative, but it works in the positive too. So who do I want to hang with? Men that... <laughs> wow. Shalane is here. <laughs> wow. She always brings spice. <laughs> what kind of people do I want to hang with? I want to hang with people that talk faith. I want to hang with people that talk grace and talk the power of God. And I want to hang with people that talk, say good things about their brothers and sisters. Even if they know bad things, I want, is there anything good you can say? My mom used to tell me, son, if you can't say something good, say nothing at all. Now, there are times when I have to share with protégés things that I just soon not share, but it's never in a concept that I want to propagandize your mind. Are you receiving it? Let, let's go from the negative to the positive. There's a story in the book of Genesis where Jacob goes and works for his uncle Laban. And he manages a ranch for him. And it's primary cattle, but it's got some goats and sheep too, but primary cattle. And he manages this ranch for uncle Laban. And he marries <laughs> two of his daughters. He's courageous. Or ignorant. <laughs> Man, I'm glad I just have one. I've, go find your queen or find your king and just be happy. You know. <laughs> I just thought of an old Oak Ridge Boys song. Trying to love two women is like a ball and chain. I need to guard my ears. <laughs> Where did I hear that? Trying to love two men is like a ball and chain. Hmm. I'm glad I married Karen. Is this live streaming tonight? No, but boy, I try to get points every chance I get. Anyway, Jacob manages the ranch. He decides he's going to leave. And he goes to Laban. And he says, I'm going to resign. And I love what Laban says. Laban says, oh, no, man, don't leave. I've learned when you work for me, I'm blessed. How many would like for your employer to say, don't leave. Because you work for me, I'm blessed. And when they say that, do what Jacob did. Renegotiate your contract. He said, okay. He said, I might stay, but the wages have got to change. And Laban said, well, what do you want? And, and, and Jacob said, here, do this, do this. He said, all of the spotted cattle that are born. In the spring when the little calves are born, all of them that are spotted, got spots. Not one solid con uh, color. If they're a Hereford even, got a white face and red body. If they're a Holstein, black and white. If they're a Brahma with a brindle hide, ring streak, that's called, you know. But if they're Angus, you can have those calves. 
If they're Senator Trudis, you can have those cats. But I just want the spotted ones. And Laban says, well, yeah, we'll do that. And then he gets one of his sons to go take all of the Holstein bulls out of the herd. Come on, y'all still with me? There's no spotted DNA in the herd now. Take all the Hereford bulls out of the herd. Just keep pure Angus black cattle, Santa Gertrude's red cattle, and Laban says, got him. There won't be any spotted calves born. And Jacob goes to God, and God says this. Watch this. Grab this. says, when the cattle come to drink water, he said, I want you, the anointed one, to take rods or sticks and whittle on them like this and put spots and streaks in them and lay these spotted sticks out in front of the cattle while they're drinking. And the Bible said when they came to drink, they beheld spots on sticks put out in front of them by somebody that was anointed, and they had an urge to merge. And the cattle bred in front of the spotted stakes that an anointed man of God put in front of their eyes. Now watch this. When the calves were born in the spring, almost all of them were spotted. How'd that happen? It wasn't natural. It was supernatural. Why, if it's an, if it's an Angus cow bred by an Angus bull, did they have a Holstein calf? Now, some of you weren't around farms. That means it was spotted. Why did they do that? Because what your mind receives will be conceived and you'll produce it in your life. Come on, get this. That's why you need to listen to people that are putting in front of you spots and streaks. Not just the same old blah, blah, blah. You need somebody in front of you like a leader and a feeder. Like Pastor David, like Pastor Daniel, who's a leader and a feeder. Like the others, Winona and Brenda and, and, and Apostle Nelson Louise and other leaders in the church and Sean and, and those that stand up to lead you in worship. And they're, what they're doing is they're whittling on sticks and they're putting it out in front of you. And you come to drink of the waters in the river and all of a sudden someone with the anointing of a pastor lays out in front of you things you never saw before. Things you never saw before. And when you see it, it enters your mind. And you conceive it in your mind. And eventually you give birth to it in your life. Why? Because somebody under an anointing laid it out in front of you. Come on, somebody grab that. Hang around people that have an anointing you don't have. You know, all this stuff, we're all the same. Well, let me help you with this. Let me help you with this. If we're all the same, if you and I are the same, exactly the same, one of us is unnecessary. 
and I voted you. <laughs> In love. None of us are exactly the same. None of us are equal. It doesn't mean one is better than the other. One is greater than the other. We are members of the body. I have no need of you because if you talk to the hand, it's not going to hear. The hand doesn't say to the ear, I have no need of you. People in the church that are constantly criticizing everything that goes on in the church and everybody else in the church have no understanding, number one, of the love of God, number two, of what he did for us, number three, of the body of Christ. They are more of an irritant than they are a help. Constant. I don't like this one. I don't like this one. I don't like this one. I don't feel accepted. I don't feel people like me. We don't. <laughs> we love you, but it's real hard to like you. Don't you wish they were here? We'll just assume they aren't. Guard your mind. Have people with an anointing that put things in it. If you get around a Jezebel spirit, you'll come under that control. You'll come under that control. If you get around a man or woman of faith, you'll come under that anointing. It's what you perceive. It's what you receive. It's your mind. It's your mind. So when they get up here and Pastor Daniel is speaking, let's say, and he is a great motivator and a great incentivizer and a great inspirer, and he has big visions and big dreams, and he tells you you do big things for God. And some of you are thinking, wow, he's overloading my mind again. No, you want that. You want somebody to stretch your mind. You want somebody to say, you can be a millionaire. You can be a multimillionaire. You can be anything God wants you to be. I know who I am. You want that. You want that. You want that. You want somebody like Jesus that will look at a man and say, everybody else has called you Reed, but I call you a rock. And upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, but I'm going to give the keys to the kingdom to you. Come on, somebody. If you're a parent, man, fill your kids' minds with, you can be anything God wants you to be. You can have anything God wants you to have. You can go anywhere God wants you to go. There's no limitation to you. And then somebody will come up and tell you have a learning disability. I had a student that had a learning disability. He manages over $4 billion a year in investments. <laughs> Evidently, he learned something. <laughs> come on, somebody. Say, Brother Mike, what are you doing? I'm whittling. I'm whittling up here. That's all I'm doing. I'm taking the sword of the Spirit, and I'm whittling, and I'm laying it out in front of you and telling you, you can do what anything God wants you to do. But Brother Mike, I don't have the education. I don't care. I know hillbillies that are brilliant. I know PhDs that are dumb. <laughs> Nothing wrong with education. I've had one. I'm still getting one all the time. 
You stop learning, you stop, start dying. But my friend, you need when he gets up here and tells you, oh, God can use you like you never dreamed. God has a plan for you. Your past has nothing to do with your future. God's good. He's got something new. Believe it. Don't, don't let the devil talk to you and say, oh, it's just they're just trying to hype us up again. Oh, well, really, do you think we're that bored? We don't have anything else to do but be a cheerleader. Raw, raw, raw. I gave up my pom-poms a long time ago. <laughs> well, I thought it was. That's what you told me to say. <laughs> no, he didn't. Y'all still here? I'm going to give you a couple more things with sub points. <laughs> Son, that's where you handle that. Say two more points with sub points. Here's, here's the third one. You ready? Your identity produces your thoughts. And your thoughts produce your identity. I said, Brother Mike, what do you mean by that? Your identity will produce your thoughts. Jumbo sonorafiki, muitawana bawana. I'm not speaking in tongues. I'm illustrating something. Jumbo sonorafiki, muitawana bawana. So what are you doing? You're going crazy? No. I'm illustrating the identity of a Maasai tribesman or a Zulu tribesman. Jumbo Sanrafiki moved to one of Hello very much, white preacher friend. And when they dance before the Lord, they don't dance like this. They dance like this. Who, who, why? Because their identity produces their thoughts. They're not artistic dancers. They're warriors. So who they are comes out in the way they talk. When they talk to you, it's, it's, it's the jumble. It's the way they talk. Even the women, jumble. No. <laughs> the men, jumble, sana, rafiki, mutawana, bawana. Why? Their identity produces their thoughts. Their thoughts produce their identity. That's why I love that song. I can't wait. I'm thinking of some churches where I go. I can't wait. I'm thinking of two churches where I go. And I'm going to flash that baby on the screen on a Sunday morning and watch religion scream. <laughs> because religion doesn't like the concept of you knowing who you are. Even Christian religion will tell you, all you need to know is Jesus. That doesn't sound right. All you need to know is Jesus, not according to Jesus. He said, you know me, and I've taught you many things, yet there are many other things that I haven't taught you, so I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he's going to teach you. He said, in fact, it's expedient for you that I go away because if I don't go away, he won't come. Oh, can I mess with another platitude, really? Come on. 
I'll be gone in a couple of days. Watch this. Don't get mad. Don't say man either. He's all I need. Jesus is all I need. You need clothes? Hopefully. Do you need transportation? No, Jesus, all I need. Now, come on, now think with me now. I'm not being disrespectful, dishonoring, or irreverent. I'm trying to take you to next. I'm trying to help you have a paradigm shift. Change the way you think. I know what we mean. We sang it when I was a kid all the time. He's all I need. He's all I need. He really isn't. He's the source of all I need. He knows I need a car. He knows I need clothes. He knows I needed a queen for a wife. Adam walked with God every day. And God's report about Adam was, it's not good that he's alone. So he created something that would give Adam what God didn't. Oh, it's getting quiet now. Oh, yeah, go read your Bible. He created something. He ran the animals by him first, said, name them all. After he did that, Adam's still saying something's missing. And God created. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not diminishing Jesus, but he's not all you need. He's the source of all you need. In fact, he says, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. So if Jesus was all we needed, we wouldn't need to have his supply of anything else. Say, Mike, you mess up my platitudes. Thank you. Let your mind produce your identity. Matthew 4, 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach. Now watch this. How many think it's important to know what Jesus' first message was? From that time, when he came out of the wilderness, when he began to preach, the first message he ever preached was not, you must be born again. It was not divine healing, salvation, all that he preached later. You know why he preached? He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is here. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, I brought the kingdom of heaven, I want to put it in you. Repent. Now watch. Whenever we hear the word repent, we think that means confess sin. Well, we need to confess our sin to the Lord. But in that context, that's not what repent means. Repent means change your mind. Change the way you think. So here's what he taught. Change the way you think because there's a new kingdom that's come now. Come on, anybody grabbing this? You were born the first time to think like a human. You were born again to think like God. Come on, that's past the salad bar. Grab it. You were born the first time to think like a human, but when you got born again, you became a son of God. So you think like your father thinks. 
if you're a Canadian, if you were born in Canada, you were born the first time to think like a Canadian. I was born the first time to think like an American. I was born the second time to think like an Havanian. I don't think like most Americans think, particularly now, during the election. In fact, I really don't want to think about it too much. I don't think like they think. I say, what are you, from another world? Absolutely. So are you. Come on, I'm trying to take you to a next level. I'm not here with three points in a poem. I'm trying to teach you. You need to repent. Change the way you think until the way God thinks. Does God worry? No. Then why, sh why do I? <laughs> why do I? Why do I rush away from what God is implanting in my private devotions and run away from the way he wants me to think? Because I'm used to thinking like an American. But Jesus said, change the way you think and start being kingdom-minded. Totally different. An American, I'll just pick on Americans and you can pick on Canadians. An American thinks this way. If you want to go up, step on whoever you need to to get to the top. Kingdom people think this way. If you want to go up, humble yourself down. Totally different. Americans think if you want to get, get all you can, can all you get, and sit on the can. Kingdom people think different. If you want to get, give. Jesus said you want to live, die. You want to be exalted, humble yourself. You want to receive, give. Total different way to think. We have to change the way we think. For your church to grow and impact this region within the next 18 months, God will require a change of thinking. It's not that you're, what you're thinking now is wrong. It's just that it isn't on the next level. When you're playing in the minor leagues, you think one way. When you move to the majors, you think another. If you're playing in football in college, you think one way. When you get in the NFL or the Canadian Football League, and there's a linebacker that runs a 4.040 and he weighs 270 pounds, will hit you like a Mack truck. You think different. Or you don't last in the league. Do you understand? If you're, if you're handling a few thousand dollars, you think one way. If you're handling a few million, you think another way. You understand? How many want to move up? You have to change the way you think. Let God mold your thinking and change your way of thinking. Now, let me show you something. I'm going to give you one, two, three, four, five ways that people think. Number one, some Christians think like a slave. How many know that we were slaves to sin before we were born again? The problem is when we get born again, 
some Christians still think like a slave. Don't think like a slave. And I want to say this. And the Spirit of God shows me that some really need to hear this. The Bible says in the book of Romans, who you yield yourself servants to obey, his or her servants you become. Now watch this. If you think like a slave, there will be a master around somewhere to enslave you. Your thoughts create your identity. If you think like a slave, you'll yield to somebody. Whom you yield to, you become a slave to. I've watched this over and over again. I've watched, pick whatever spirit you want. Korah's spirit is the spirit of rebellion. Adonijah's spirit is also the spirit of rebellion in the Old Testament. Uh, Absalom's spirit is the spirit of flattery and manipulation. Jezebel's spirit is the spirit of witchcraft, manipulation, and domination. And I have watched believers full of faith, full of the power of the Holy Spirit, full of God's love, full of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, think like a slave, and yield in a relationship to one of those spirits. A Jezebel spirit. It, it doesn't take two years until they're whipped puppies. Whipped puppies. You can see it in the way they stand, in the way they respond, in the way they think. Why? They thought like a slave. They yielded to a slave master. Now they're enslaved. Warning. Prophets warn, be careful who you come into covenant with. Brother Mike, I'm going to treat everybody the same. You're in big trouble. Be careful. Be careful who you come into covenant with. Brother Mike, I really like what you taught this morning better. I know, but we need this tonight. Don't think like a slave. A slave is always looking for a master to run them around. And believe me, you'll find one. You will find one when you begin to hear the voice of accusation, the voice of domination, the voice of rebellion, the voice of mastery. Be careful. Be careful. Y'all still here? Second one, people, Christians think like a servant. Brother Mike, that's what we are. No, don't misunderstand what I'm about to say now. You have a servant's heart but you have a son's mind. Think about that. I never think like a servant. So, Brother Mike, the Bible said in Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself no reputation and became a servant. No, look again. Took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Did he serve as a servant? Yes. Did he think like a servant? No. Name one place in the gospel where he called his father anything but father, except when he hung on the cross 
and the fellowship had been broken, and he said, my God. He always talks to him as father. He never calls him master. He never calls him boss. He calls him God on the cross. What's he calling? Father. Why? Is he being a servant? Yes. Is he given the perfect example of being a servant? Yes. Does he think like one? No. What's he think like? Son. Third thing of identity is this. A friend. Remember the song? I don't know if we still sing it or not. Not very much anymore. It kind of went its way. It was a good song. It was okay. But it's not quite there for me. We used to sing, you know, I am a friend of God. Is that all you want to be? You just want to be a friend? So, oh, brother Mike, just to be a friend of God. Well, it's good. It's okay. If that's what you want, it's all right. You're a friend. Friends go home at night. Friends only come over when they're invited. See, I'm messing with another platitude right now. So, well, brother Mike, didn't God call us friends? Yeah. In the New Testament, in the Gospels, he said, I don't call you servants anymore. I call you friends. But after the cross and the burial and the resurrection, he said, I don't call you friends. I don't call you servants. I call you sons. Wouldn't you rather be a son than a friend? <laughs> if I was in America, I'd rather be the son of a president than a friend of one. If you're in Canada, you'd rather be the son of a prime minister daughter of a prime minister than the friend of one. Friends get some stuff, but sons inherit. So if all you do is think like a friend of God, you're going to be limited. And then some people think like a citizen of the kingdom. Nothing wrong with that, except it's not going to take you far enough. That's why Brother Nelson gave the prophetic word and said we need to come into sonship. We need to come into sonship. Begin to think like a son. And so, Brother Mike, I'm a female. The word son in the Bible has nothing to do with gender. It has everything to do with legal right. You ladies are sons as much as a male is a son. And we think like sons. I'm trying to teach you how to change your mindset. How do you cleanse your mind or renew it? Let me give it to you real quick. Number one, by commanding your mind what to think. You have the ability to command your mind what to think. Your mind is, you're not a servant to your mind. Your mind is a servant to your will. You have a right to command it what to think. That's why the Bible says God has not given us spirit of fear, 2 Timothy 1, 7, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And the word sound means self-control. So I can control what I think. God's given me the ability to do that. So I, so I command my mind. What do I command my mind to think on? Whatever things, Philippians 4, 8. Whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, if they're just, if they're pure, if they're lovely, if they're good, if they're of a good report, if they have virtue, if they have praise, think on these things. Get your mind under control of your spirit. 
Tell your mind what to think. Number two, the way you control your mind. Washing your mind in the Word. Washing your mind in the Word. The biggest deficiency in the North American church is we do not spend time in the Word of God. Brother Mike, that's why I come to church. Wrong reason. When we come to church, pastors will teach us the Word, and that, and we need that, and preach the Word, and we need that. They whittle, you know, with the two-edged sword, and they lay the Word out. We need that. But we need to let the Word of God dwell richly in us seven days a week. Get God's Word in you. Get God's Word in you. Get God's Word in you. The default setting for an answer ought to be a Scripture. It just, the Bible comes out of your mouth if you let it get in. Well, Brother Mike, I don't have the gift of memorization. <laughs> it's not a gift. It's a discipline. I wish it was a gift. It's a discipline. By the time I was 16, I was in Bible quiz, no, 15. We were in Bible quiz. We had a Bible quiz team. It was on the book of Romans. And we could interrupt the question and finish the question and then give an answer. And so I figured the best way to do it was just memorize 16 chapters of the book. Since there were only 16 chapters in the book. So I memorized it. How do you do? I started at 1, 1 and said it out loud. And then I said 1 and 2. And then I said verse 1, 2, and 3 until I did all 16. You can too. Brother Mike, I have, I have ADHD, I have this, I have polar, I'm polar bear, I'm this, I'm that, I'm something else. No, man, come on. I'm not diminishing some diagnosis, but you have the mind of Christ. And you can grasp His Word. And it's not just memorization, it's just hearing the Word of God. Let me give you a third thing, I'm going to close. By talking to yourself. I remember growing up, and people used to say, if you talk to yourself, something's wrong with you mentally. Now psychology has proved conclusively, if you don't talk to yourself, there's something wrong with you. Healthy people have self-talk. You talk to yourself. In fact, that's what thinking is. But I'm talking about using your mouth to talk. Talk to yourself. Say things like this. You feel low. You feel defeated. Start saying like, things like this. I know who I am. I know where I'm at. I know I'm a king. I know I'm a priest. I know I'm an heir of God. I know I'm a joint heir with Christ. I know I'm an ambassador of Christ. I know I'm a son of God, according to John 1.12. I know, according to Peter, I'm a chosen generation. I'm a royal priesthood. I know, according to Revelation 5, I'm a king and a priest. I know it. But it's not enough to know it. I talk it. I don't just talk it to others. I talk it to me. Self-talk. Talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. I can do what God says I can do. I can be what God says I can be. I can have what God says I can have. If God is for me, nobody can stand against me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. No weapon formed against me will prosper today. Every tongue that rises against me to accuse me, they're going to be very frustrated. 
Every, demons that come against me today are going to limp away from the experience. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to walk with Him. I'm going to talk with Him. He's going to talk with me. I have the Spirit of God dwelling within me. The same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in my mortal body. I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ today. Hallelujah. It's the way Christians talk if they're victorious Christians. Our problem is, and when I say our, I don't mean you. If the shoe fits, we need to wear it. I have preached some things that the shoe fit me, and I had to lace that baby up. And that's bad when you're preaching and God says, you are the man. But one of the big problems in the North American church, y'all still with me? is we have compartmentalized Christianity. And we have made it an hour and a half event on Sunday morning when instead it is our lifestyle. It's our lifestyle. We talk like Christians all the time. We think like Christians all the time. We don't think. I don't even like this. I know what we mean by it, but I don't, I've changed my talk about this. I don't come in and out of worship. I'm just a worshiper. If we're having fun and we're on a razor and we're going straight up a hill and I'm having fun watching the pastor going, oh, wow, this thing is spectacular. Woo, I love this. And he's reliving his childhood. And he's loving this Polaris Ranger. We're going, and he's having a ball. And he wa he walks his wife out on the end of a log over a canyon so he can take a picture. They say, "Well, how's that being spiritual?" I'm fellowshipping with them, enjoying that. Everything we do is spiritual. We don't move in and out of the Spirit of God. I'm in the Spirit. I'm stepping out of the Spirit. I'm anointed. Now I'm not anointed. I worship a half an hour. I'll worship again next Sunday. No. No. A million times no. It's my life. It's the way I think. It's the way I talk. It's the way I live. It's normal. It's normal. It's normal. It's normal. For Swahili to say, Jumbo San Rafiki Mui Tawana Boana, it's normal for me to worship God. It's my identity. It's who I am. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We were going back to, to the room last night, and I'm sitting in the car, and we're going back, back to the room to take me to the hotel. And I'm just sitting there, and we're talking about that was good, and all the people really received, and God blessed, and that was wonderful, and this, and we were talking that way. And, and then it got quiet, and I just started speaking in, in my kingdom's language. And we're driving in the car, and I just started and you can do it whenever you want. If you're full of the Spirit of God, I mean, we, we got the idea that speaking in other tongues is kind of like a standard transmission. You know, you got to rev it up and get it through four gears. <laughs> in English, you know, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you. <laughs> praise God. And eventually you'll hit tongues. No, that's not true. And if you don't have your prayer language yet, you're not inferior to anybody. 
just start believing that God will give that to you because it's a wonderful gift to be able to pray in the Spirit. People that understand that never look down on people that don't pray in the Spirit. There are brothers and sisters, but it's a wonderful gift, and you ask the Lord for it. And we're driving back to the hotel, and I'm just, I think it was last night. Maybe it was today. I was last night, and I just, oh, thank you, Jesus. That was a great session. The Lord was so good. You spoke to us, Lord. Thank you. Oh, satabarandalaboke. Yeah. <laughs> and Pastor was getting into it. And he said, Are you hearing anything from the Lord? Because <laughs> I was speaking in tongues driving home, you know. He said, Are you hearing something? He said, He wanted in on the gig. And I just said to him, I said, I said, No. Not right now. I'm just just edifying myself, just praying in spirit. I said, if I send something, I'll let you know. He said, Brown, that's just crazy. No. It's called walking through life with Jesus. You don't put it on and take it off. You don't put it on and take it off. You leave it on all the time. Now, you don't go into work. You know, you use wisdom. You don't walk into work, and they say good morning, and you go, Don't do that. Pray inside if you're going to do that. <laughs> I'll tell one more little funny thing, then we're going to finish. I'm going to pray that God will bring sonship mentality to you tonight. And in a minute, I'm going to lay hands on people in the altar and believe God that we will begin to think like sons of God. And to whatever degree we are, praise the Lord, whatever degree we aren't, we want it fixed. Amen? I'm with Gary Alanis. You know Gary. He's a wonderful Hispanic pastor in Houston has a lot of revelation on kingdom, and oh, we pulled up to a Starbucks, and Gary Alaniz is as crazy about Starbucks as Winona. I don't know if you've noticed, but you will not pass a Starbucks if Winona is in the car. She really ought to have stock in it. I mean, it's, there's a Starbucks on one end of the mall. There's another one. We're hitting both. I was with Pastor David. He took out his Starbucks card. You know, you load it up. He tried to use it. It was empty. I said, I know why. She loves Starbucks. Any of you want to bless her? Buy her Starbucks cards. She loves it. Gary Allen is kind of that way. And on the way to church every night in the meeting, he won't go through by Starbucks. Now, some of you, this, don't, come on, just hang in here. Yeah, breathe, breathe, breathe. He pulls up to the, the deal, and he's talking into the speaker. And, and Hispanics speak fast anyway. Gary speaks very fast. I mean, it's like a machine gun. He speaks very fast, even in English. Even in English, turn with me in your Bible to 1 John 5, 8. We're going to talk about the kingdom of God tonight. Hallelujah. How many are grateful for the kingdom of God? 1 
I've had to work on him in the Anglo community. Slow down so we can understand you. He pulls up, and he's, he's got, you know, and he speaks into the speaker. I want a caramel macchiato. <laughs> I want a caramel macchiato, low fat, no whip. He goes through all this stuff, and he goes through it real fast. And then he just breaks into tongue. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not kidding. I want a low-fat caramel macchiato, no whip. He cut la basulta da babarata. And he stops. And there's a pause. And the lady on the other end comes across and says, would you repeat that, sir? <laughs> he does it again. And I'm dying in the car. I am dying. I've got to go preach. And he's, and he's laughing. And when it gets quiet, he turns to me. He says, it's the language of my king. It's the language of my king. And finally she says, sir, I got the first part of that. But we <laughs> slow down. And he just says, oh, that'll be fine. The first part of the order is all we need. Oh, thank you, sir. Pulled up. Next year I go back and we go to the same Starbucks. He pulls up. He says, I want to come on my that. And the gal on the other side starts speaking in tongues back to him. Because she's been filled with the Spirit of God since last year. And she says, I know who you are, Pastor Gary. Now, listen. Don't go to Starbucks and do that. Gary's one of a kind, okay? Don't go. Don't. Just don't. But I'm trying to illustrate to you while I close tonight. Olivia, where's Olivia? Just don't, don't come in and out of thinking like a son of God. Don't compartmentalize your life. Now I'm working on my taxes. I was working on my taxes last time I was home to get to the CPA so I, I'll know what I owe my government. If you can't say something good, don't say anything. <laughs> and, and I'm working on it, and I'm frustrated because i got to fill this out, fill that out. i got to get this and do this and get that right and check this computer, and then you got to send it to the CPA. And it goes on and on and on. And finally, I'm just exasperated, and I'm just wanting to say, this is so crazy. Why can't we have a one-page deal? I made this. You want this. I'm sending it. Signed. And I'm exasperated. And I just stayed in the Spirit of God and just began to, here's what I began to say. Thank you, Lord, that you've provided for me this year in Karen. We're able to help others even through our taxes. We're able to tithe. We're able to sow seed. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I'm paying more taxes than I used to pay. 
Because it means you made more money than you used to make. Or you can be that stupid. Stop driving me crazy. No. Think like a kingdom person. I never come around a man of God and say, I want to tell you something. I need to tell you what you're doing wrong. I need to correct you. I would never do that. It's not the way kingdom people think. Even if he's asked me to speak into his life, I would never come with an attitude, I'm here to let you know. Never. Kingdom people don't think that way. Religious people do. Even good saved people do because they are bound by religious thought styles. But I could never do that. If I thought Pastor David or Pastor Daniel was missing it in something, I would never, even though they've asked me to be a mentor in their lives and mentors correct, I would never approach them with an attitude of, now you better listen to me. We're going to get this thing straight. He's saying, you never have. And he's saying, oh, God, I hope you never do. You are ugly enough as it is. Don't look at me that way. I would never do that, ever. Here's a man that's, that's a little older than me, not much, but a little older than me. He's had experiences I haven't had. If I thought he was wrong, I would never approach him. The Bible says, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. I'm just trying to show you something. Folks, we've got to change the way we think. We can get the same thing accomplished, but you've got to think like an Havanian. You've got to think like a son. How many are grateful you've been born again? Grateful you've been born again? That we're sons of God. We don't think like slaves. We don't think like servants. We don't think like friends. We don't think like citizens. We think like sons. And to the degree that we don't, we want to. Amen? You receive the concept I gave you tonight that your thought style becomes your lifestyle. So we want to have the thoughts our Father has. Give you one more, one more scripture. This is one of my favorites. I do always those things that please my Father. That's what Jesus said. I do always. How many know none of us have made that yet? Because we don't always do things. I, I'll talk about I don't always do the things which please the Father, but that's my goal. Amen? Praise God. Stand your feet all over the building. Raise up both hands. Begin to give God praise. Come on. Use your voice. Begin to give Him praise in the house. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name. Come on. Use your voice. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you thanksgiving. We give you praise. We honor you, Lord. We bless your name. We give you glory. If you have a prayer language, just begin to pray in the Spirit of God. If you don't have, you're not inferior, just begin to praise the Lord in English. Oh, 
Oh, we bless you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you thanksgiving. You are our God. You are our King. We worship you tonight, Lord, in spirit and in truth. We worship you, Lord, in spirit and truth. We give you glory tonight, Lord. We give you glory tonight, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. That would be fine with me, Lord. Yeah, that would be fine. You're the source of my life. Yes, sir, that would be all right with me. That would be all right with me. Yeah, Lord, yes, yes, yes. Come on, if the Lord is speaking to your heart, just respond to him. I think he's speaking to me some things. Thank you, Lord, for that. Yeah, Lord, yeah, 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 I believe that. I believe that. I don't need that. I need you to be the source of everything in me, Lord. Oh, I give you praise, Lord. I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give me a little bit more presence in my microphone, sir. Thank you. I'm a little hoarse. Here's what we want to do tonight. How many of you say, Brother Mike and, and uh, Pastor Daniel and Pastor David and, and uh, all the leaders here, I'm gonna, I want you to help me in a moment. How many of you would say, Brother Mike, I would love to come to a place where I think like Jesus thinks? In my business, my relationships, just to where it's natural, amen? Where it's just natural. I just, I only do what I see the Father do. I do always those things that please the Father. I just want to think like Jesus. And I want to think like a son, amen? You know what I feel the Lord wants us to do? And I'm going to ask for one group first. If you're here tonight and you'd say, Brother Mike, I've been troubled in my thought life. I don't mean temptation or sin, but in your thought life, you've had real attacks. Maybe it's depression. Maybe it's a lack of identity. Maybe it's, but it's in your thought life. doesn't mean you've got a mental problem. That's not what I'm talking about. But it's just an attack on your mind. People don't love me. I'm not appreciated. You know, all kinds of attacks on the mind. And you'd say, Brother Mike, I want that, I want that thing broken out of my life. I want it to end. I want to have clarity of thought and clearness and no confusion. And I've really been wrestling with it. There's several of you here like that. If you're like that, raise your hand right now. Just say, Brother Mike, I've been dealing with that. Yeah, I see your hands. Amen. Would you just step out and come up here and be the first to come? And just stand all across the front, please. Thank you, Lord. 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 Just stand in a straight line all the way across the front. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. 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 Now, in a few minutes... We'll open the altars for everyone, and the pastors and I are going to move in and out amongst you, praying for you. And what I'm really going to pray for is that God will release a new sense of a son's 
mentality in your life. Can I hear an amen? For those of you up here, but we're going to pray for these battles in your mind that you're waging. And there's nothing unusual about that. That's where the enemy always attacks. It's okay. Nothing wrong with you. You're not inferior. God's not mad at you. This is, you, you have to deal with these things periodically. But then we're just going to move in and out amongst you. And in a moment, I'll, I'll call the, anybody else that wants to come forward. And the pastors and I are going to move in and out amongst you and pray. And we're going to pray for a new emphasis of sonship in your mind. That you think like a son like never before. Because it's the major key to next. Start thinking like a son and you'll go to next. You'll go to next. Hallelujah. How many believe the Lord's going to set you free tonight? You're standing up here. How many believe the Lord's going to touch you, your mind, in your mind, these things? I want, uh, I want uh, the rest of you just begin to give praise to the Lord. And I'm going to start right down there on that end. And I'm going to lay hands on the people and come down. And we're going to believe God. And we're going to ask the Lord, whatever this battle in your mind is, your mind is superior to any attack of the enemy. It's not just your mind. You have the mind of Jesus, the mind of Christ, according to the Word of God. And you're not going to struggle with this. And the Lord's going to touch you, and there's going to be a change. And pastors, you get in here and do what, however you feel led. But I'm going to start. Come on, the rest of you, raise your hand, begin to give God praise in the house. Lord, we give you praise, Father, right now. In the name of Jesus, I pray for this young lady. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will touch and relieve the attack in the mind, I pray. In Jesus' name, by the anointing, by the anointing that destroys every yoke and lifts every burden, in the name of Jesus. Father, right now, right now, right now, by the anointing of the Holy Ghost, this thing that has attacked her mind is broken now in Jesus' name. It's broken now in Jesus' name. Come on, church, just give him praise. Use your voice. Use your voice while I pray for all of these. In the name of Jesus, by the authority vested in me, ma'am, I come into agreement with Jesus about this situation. And in Jesus' name, break this thing, Lord. Break this thing, this attack on her mind. I pray it is broken right now in the name of Jesus. The snare is broken, and we are escaped. We are escaped in the name of Jesus. Father, touch my brother in Jesus' name. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost, I ask you to do it in Jesus' name. By the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I ask you to do it in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, touch right now in Jesus' name. Lord, every lie the enemy is telling her mind, I pray it would go in the name of Jesus. Truth overcomes it. Truth overcomes it. Your father would say to you, daughter, you are who I say you are. You can have what I say you can have. Your heavenly father says so in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, 
My mind is clear. My mind is clear. My mind is clear. I decide that it is. That is not going to bind me anymore. I'm not going to stay in anxiety anymore. I'm not going to stay in worry anymore. I'm not going to try to figure it out anymore. I'm not going to try to override other people's decisions anymore. I decide to yield my mind to the peace of God in the name of Jesus. The peace of God in Jesus' name. Father, right now in Jesus' name, no more mind games. No more mind games. No more mind games. No more mind games. In the name of Jesus, no more mind games, but freedom. I have the mind of Christ. Freedom in me, Lord, in Jesus' name, by the anointing. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost, Lord. You destroy every yoke. You lift every burden in Jesus' name. By the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. My mind is clear. My mind is at rest. My mind is at peace. My mind moves in the will of God. My mind thinks like the mind of Christ. My mind is free in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. My mind is clear, Lord. My mind is clear. I am free in the liberty of the Spirit of God. I am free in the liberty of the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus, Father, His mind is free. His mind is free. His mind is in union with your mind in the name of Jesus. His mind is in union with your mind. And he walks in the Spirit of God. He walks in the wisdom of God. Father, every word that's been spoken against her, every word that's been spoken to bring torment to her mind or accusation to her mind or that her mind would fret, we break that now in the name of Jesus. We break that now in the name of Jesus by the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God, by the anointing of the Spirit. Father, I pray that right now any confusion would leave. Yeah. <laughs> right now, Lord, all of the lies of the enemy, all of the division of the enemy, all of the attack of the enemy, that it would be gone in the name of Jesus. Father, I come into agreement with her right now that it is so. I come into agreement with her right now that it is so in the name of Jesus. By the anointing of the Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord. We're free. We're free. We're free. We're not bound we live in freedom. Father, I come to agreement with my brother in the name of Jesus that his mind, his mind, any attack on his mind, any attack, any lie, any accusation, any bondage, any attempt to bind him mentally in any way is thwarted by the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. I ask you to do it, not by might or by power, but by the Spirit of God. And we come into agreement, Lord, that it's done. 
No memories will keep his mind from freedom. No attack of the enemy will keep his mind from freedom. We walk in the freedom of the Holy Spirit. We walk in the freedom of our minds. Now, while these are still praying, for those of you that want to have a new, a new concept of sonship thinking, just come and join us. Come and join us. Come and join us. Pastors, I want you to walk in and out amongst the people as they stand up here. And let's just pray for new sonship thinking. New sonship thinking. Father, we pronounce and confess and decree sonship in the name of Jesus. We know it already exists, but Lord, we're going to begin to think like that in Jesus' name. Father, I walk in and out amongst the people. I walk in and out amongst the people, and I come into agreement with them in Jesus' name. I come into agreement, Lord, that we think as sons of God, that we think of sons of God. We don't think as servants. We don't think as citizens. We think as sons of the living God. Father, we think as sons of the living God. We believe that, Lord, and we receive that, and we thank you, Lord, that you've done that in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for that, that we are sons of the living God. We declare it, we decree it, we receive it, we believe it, we walk in it, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, we are sons of the Most High God. We are sons of the Most High God. We believe we receive that, Lord. We believe we receive that in the name of Jesus. And our thinking changes, Lord. Our mind is set as sons. We think as kingdom people, Lord. We think as kingdom people in the name of Jesus. By the anointing of the Spirit of God, we are sons of the Most High God. We are sons of the Most High God. Whether we're male or female, you have made us sons of the Most High God. We are sons of the Most High God. We stand in confidence before you, Lord. We stand in clarity before you. We are sons of the Most High God. We are sons of the Most High God. Go on, just start talking to him like a father now. I dare some of y'all to call him dad. Some of y'all to call him dad. Dad, I love you. Dad, I thank you for what you've done in my life. Oh, dad, you've been so good. You're a good, good father. You're a good, good father. You're a good, good father, Lord. I thank you for it. Yes, Lord Jesus, whatever you say to me, I, I like it, Lord. I like that. I like that. I like that. I like that, Lord. I'll not be disappointed if that's your plan. That'll be great with me. Oh, Lord, whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever you want. Father, whatever you want in my life, whatever you want in my life, thank you, Lord. 
I am glad to do it. I am glad to do it, Lord. I'm glad to have it. I'm glad to not have it. I'm glad to have that relationship. I'm glad to not have that relationship. Whatever you say, Lord, whatever you say. Come on, the Spirit of God is speaking to me about some things personally. Let Him talk to you. Let Him talk to you personally. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I receive. I receive. I receive. I receive. I receive in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Glory to God. Yeah, I walk with Jesus. I walk with the Father. I walk with the Father. I walk with the Father. Thank you, Lord. You're a good, good father, Lord. You're a good, good father, and I'm a born-again son. I'm loved by you. Thank you, Lord. 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 I'm not moved by what I see. I'm moved by whose I am. I'm not moved by the circumstances in my life. I'm moved by you, Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, just drink in His presence a minute. We'll go in a little bit. Just drink in His presence. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Thank you, Lord. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Yeah. Jesus, say, yeah, whatever you say on that's okay with me. Come on, the Lord is talking to me about some things personally. Let him talk to you. Just say, yeah, Lord, yeah. Yeah, whatever you want. I'm good with that. I'm good with that, Lord. I'm good with that. Yeah, whatever you say, Jesus. Yeah, man, I'm good with it.
thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you, Master. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Unless you're being prayed for. If you're being prayed for, just let people minister to you. If not, say this out loud after me. I am a son of the Most High God. Royal DNA is in me. I am a son of my Father. He is a good, good Father. I am loved by him. I am a born again son. I know who he is. And I know who I am. Who he has made me. I know who you are, Lord. I know who I am. I am a son of God. I am a son of God. Oh, come on, just keep saying that. I am a son of God. Come on, tell him, tell him, tell him. Come on, begin to rejoice in that. I'm a son of the Most High God. I'm a son of the Most High God. I'm a son of the Most High God. If you're under the anointing of the Spirit of God, just stay out. If you're being ministered to by somebody, just listen to them. Let me tell you what being a son of the Father will do for you. And then Pastor David's going to come and say whatever he needs to say, and then we'll go. I'm in the process right now, and I didn't ask for this. I didn't seek it. I didn't apply for it. I didn't know about it. But I'm in a process right now. A man came to me and said, and showed me a badge and said, would you like to have one of these? I said, I don't even know what that is. He said, I've been made a chaplain at the United Nations. And I have a right to speak in different places in the world. And he said, the Lord has laid it on my heart for you to join me and do that. I haven't told this to many people that's in the process. I don't know yet if it's the total plan of God or not. 
I'm good with it or good without it, whatever Father wants. But I thought about it, and I'm thinking, why would a little piece of Missouri clay be sought out and offered that to where I can speak to ambassadors and influencers? The Father knows a lot of people. <laughs> he knows a lot of folk. In fact, he knows everybody on the planet. And the Father, if you'll think like a son, the Father will take you to places you never knew you could go. He'll give you opportunities you never knew you could have. He'll give you influence. He'll give you impact. God wants to do that. But he came and he gave his son that we might be made sons. And so to walk anything less than that is to disregard what he did on Calvary. He died to make us sons. So how many are going to think like sons from now on? Going to talk like sons. Not arrogant, not full of ourselves, full of Him, and knowing that it's all because of His grace. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise. Give Him a praise.